going on everyone what is up uh your friend dean kulawira here and every wednesday 11 a.m eastern time zone i'm right here to help you folks out with job search tips advice strategies practical pragmatic tips and advice that you folks can use in your job search right uh so and, and again just a heads up i don't know i guess i'm having some internet issues but um i might be having a slow internet connect connection so if my video is like a little blurry or anything just hang tight. Look, it looks like it's already fixed itself, but it keeps coming and going. But hopefully it doesn't affect the stream. Uh, so anyway, I hope you're doing well. Hope everyone out there is doing great. Uh, don't be shy. Feel free to say hi in the comments. Introduce yourself in the comments. Network with each other and make friends with each other. Right? You're part of the, if, you're, if, you're, if you've been tuning into my live streams, you're a part of my community. So I want to make sure that all of you are able to make some great connections with each other as well. We got some comments coming in. We got uh mustawal in the house hello mustawal good to have you here thanks so much for tuning in we got someone who says hey hey dean good seeing you after long uh I'm, I'm not sure why it doesn't show the name but i'm guessing this is someone who tunes in frequently so thank you so much appreciate you tuning in not sure who you are but uh great to have you here and thanks so much for your comment uh so today folks i'm going to be speaking about the four things the four things recruiters look for on your resume now just a heads up of those four things Two of those things, like recruiters are going to be looking for 100% of the time. The other two depends. Depends on the requirements for the role, right? But I'm going to be talking about the, those, those four things that recruiters are going to be looking for when they're looking over your resume, whether it's, you know, you submitted an application online, you submitted it through a website, you emailed it to, to them directly, or, uh, you know, the, you sent it to a hiring team. The hiring team's like, okay, I'm going to send it to my recruitment team, and they're going to take care of it and look at it first. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, these, these are the four things that every single recruiter out there is going to be looking for on your resume. This is based on my own experiences as a recruiter. Uh, you know, nine, almost, I think nine plus, almost 10 years uh, in the industry. <clears throat> and it's also based on, you know, conversations and discussions I've had with fellow recruiters, you know, former colleagues and coworkers when I worked at other agencies. And this is, you know, uh, this is, it's not going to be anything that, I think most recruiters out there will disagree with me on, right? So four things, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, before I get into that, quick shout out to everyone tuning in on uh, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So for those of you tuning in for the first time, um, every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern time zone, I go live um, here on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter, right? So if you have a favorite out, out of those three platforms, you, you should be able to see me live on any of those every Wednesday, 11 a.m. So uh, Eastern time zone. So make sure you mark your calendars. And uh, just a quick heads up, I'm not going to speak about the roles I'm recruiting on in detail because I know you folks probably want me to start talking about today's topic ASAP. 
So I will say this, look, if you're if you're a software developer, if you're a business analyst, you're a project manager, you're a systems administrator, network administrator, I mean, these or any, pretty much any infrastructure operations role on, on, on that side of things. Uh, I mean, these are the typical common roles I'm, I'm frequently recruiting on. Right. So and actually, from as a matter of fact, folks, look, whatever your field is in I.T., uh, I mean, just reach out to me, just reach out to me, uh, give me an introduction, let me know who you are, let me know a bit, uh, you know, brief summary about your background in your career. And even if I'm not able to help you right now, I should be able to help you at some point in the future, right? If you're based out of Toronto or anywhere in Canada, for that matter, if you're an IT professional, typically I recruit on roles that are intermediate level and ups, right? So you should have three plus years of professional experience and up. Um, as an IT professional. So if that's the case, just, you know, send me a, connect, send me a, um, a LinkedIn message, send me an email. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at the, the LinkedIn connection request limit. So if you do send me a connection request, it's going to be in like this, this waiting queue or whatnot, whatnot, because I can't accept it right away because I have reached the 30,000 connections limit on, on LinkedIn. So, um, you know, if I don't accept your invite, don't, don't be, don't think that is because, you know, I don't want you in my network or something unless I see something really sketchy on your profile, <laughs> right? But outside of that is because I've reached the connection limit, all right? So uh, that's it for that. Now, uh, make sure you like, comment, and share. Uh, if you have, if you know someone in your network that might benefit from today's segment, make sure you share this segment with them and make sure you hit like um, because that, that makes it available to more people and it's more visible on LinkedIn. Or so I've been told that's how the algorithm works. And also, uh, if you want to follow me on all my other social channels, check out my Linktree page. So go to linktr.ee forward slash DK Tech Recruiter, linktr.ee forward slash DK Tech Recruiter for all my social links. I'm, I'm also active on uh, Instagram, TikTok. Um, I also got a podcast on, um, you know, uh, what is it? Anchor.fm, um, Breaker. Uh, what's the other one? Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. <clears throat> Uh, so I, I, I also upload a replay of these live streams as well onto those platforms. So if you're more of an audio person, you can check me out on there as well. And uh, make sure you subscribe to my LinkedIn newsletter. The link is on the Linktree page as well. But you can also go to my LinkedIn profile. Uh, scroll down to the featured section. There should be a link to uh, click on that will lead to my uh, uh, you know LinkedIn newsletter. So make sure you subscribe. I, I release a, news, uh, a new edition every week. I speak about a recruitment topic. And I also speak about a, a job search related topic as well, right? So if you're a hiring manager, hiring team, uh, responsible for recruitment in your organization, or maybe you're a job seeker, like you're going to get something out of that uh, uh, weekly edition, right? So make sure you subscribe. And uh, also just wanted to give you a heads up. Something I'm, I'm trying to introduce real soon, coming soon on LinkedIn, exclusively on LinkedIn is LinkedIn audio rooms, all right? Uh, I recently discovered that I have access to uh, a, a you know, creating LinkedIn audio rooms, right? So that's like, uh, those of you familiar with Clubhouse, you know, it's audio only. It's almost like, kind of like Zoom or, or Google, you know, Google Meet or something, but it's audio only, right? So this is where I can actually engage with you folks. You folks can ask me your questions live. Um, and, and as much as I like these live streams, uh, I, I would love to interact with you folks, you know, and have actual conversations with you folks. So I'm pretty excited about this. Not sure when or how I'm going to implement this. I'm probably going to do like a test run sometime this week or next week. But I, I got to figure out my schedule because it'll probably have to be after hours. Uh, but anyway, I'll figure it out and I'm, and I'm going to introduce this for sure. Uh, a weekly audio room where I can talk about a topic or, or it can be like, a you know, an open Q&A, an open mic or something like that. Where I get to hear from you folks about your job search, uh, uh, you know, struggles and problems and questions. 
and I can I can interact with you live and I can respond to your questions and all that stuff. So look, I'm, I'm excited about introducing that um, into my weekly uh, you know routine of content, right? So I'm looking forward to that. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and as I mentioned before, look, if you're an organization, if you're an IT professional here in Canada, if you're an organization, you're looking to hire tech talent. Uh, if you're an IT professional looking for your new or next tech gig, make sure you reach out to me and, and let me let me know a bit more about your situation to see if there's any way I can help. Uh, email me at this email address below. It's dean at techrecruiters360.com, dean at techrecruiters360.com. Just a heads up, uh, in case you have been emailing me, emailing me and you're not getting a response, uh, it could be that you that I didn't get your email, or maybe sometimes you know some of you have have been emailing me, and your your email is ending up in my spam folder, which I sometimes forget to check. So send me a LinkedIn message as well, all right? If you don't hear from me uh, shortly. So that being said, um, I'm gonna get into today's topic. Four things, four things that recruiters are looking for on your resume. Now, if you have any questions or comments about this, or if you have any questions about anything job search related or anything recruitment related, you know, I'm, I'm happy to answer any recruitment related questions as well. For those of you who might be on a part of a hiring team and you're experiencing certain challenges, feel free to start putting your questions in the comments right now. And I'll get into the Q&A part at the end of today's segment and I'll start responding to your questions. All right. Uh, we got some uh, some more comments. Uh, so that was Ariz in the house. OK, good to have you here, Ariz. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We got Chandrahasa in the house as well. Hello, hello to you as well, uh, Chandrahasa. Thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, we got a hello from someone else as well. Thanks for tuning in. We got some questions. Uh, Abhinav asked a questions. Abhinav, I'll get to your question after the segment. And we got Charlotte Robello in the house. Hello, Charlotte. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in, and I appreciate your comment. So today's uh, let's get back to today's segment. Uh, today's uh, topic, folks. The four things recruiters are looking for on your resume. Now, the first two things I'm going to be talking about. Uh, are relevant 100% of the time. 100% of the time, the, the first two things I'm going to talk about, recruiters will be looking for on your resume, right? Uh, so get ready to take notes. And if you have questions along the way, feel free to start dropping them in the comments. And as soon as I get to the, the, the Q&A part at the end of the segment, I will respond to all of your uh, questions uh, from the comments, all right? <clears throat> So the first thing is, the first thing, and by the way, before, uh, before I get into actually today's... Uh, you know, topics, you, some of you might be wondering, well, Dean, uh, how, how do you know about these four things that recruiters are looking for? Is it based only on your on your personal experience, blah, 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 or what, it is, what, what, what is it? Well, it's it's definitely based on my personal experience. It's definitely based on, on what I've heard from my, my fellow recruiters out there and, and, and former colleagues and coworkers. But it's also just based on the meetings that I've had with hiring teams, right? Hiring teams, you know, uh, recruiters typically meet with, meet with the hiring teams to discuss the requirements for the role and et cetera, et cetera, all that stuff. And it's based on my observances and, and uh, uh, in terms of patterns I've seen in terms of what hiring managers are typically looking for and that they want us to pay attention to as we're starting our recruitment cycle or our recruitment process. So it's based on that, right? The, these four things, folks, these are not like random things that I'm just I'm just throwing out there. Like this is based on also my conversations with hiring managers as well, right? So the first thing is, number one thing and this is going to be the case 100 percent of the time every single recruiter is going to be looking for this on your resume it's the most obvious thing is skills skill set match right they're going to be looking for specific skills on your resume that are that are a reflection of of what they're um you know actively recruiting on for the position that they're recruiting on right uh, recruiter meets with the hiring manager the hiring manager is like okay dean we're looking for uh you know a software developer they need to have strong uh, skills and experience with java uh, javascript angular uh, HTML, CSS, uh, like, you know, a full-on full-stack developer. That's what, they, what they're looking for. 
those are the skills that the recruiter is going to be basing their search on. And that's going to be the case 100% of the time, folks, for whatever position the recruiter is recruiting on. And it doesn't have to be a tech recruiter either. It could be a finance recruiter. could be an accounting recruiter, uh, you know, some other field, a sales recruiter, like whatever it is. They're going to be 100% of the time. They're going to be looking for specific skills. And that is what they're going to be basing their search on, right? And not just when they're actually literally looking at your resume, but also when they're conducting their, their ATS search, they're conducting a Boolean search. The keywords that the recruiter is going to be using is going to be based on what skills the hiring team is looking for in an ideal candidate, right? And, and this is how the recruiters are going to kind of baseline their search. This is where the search is going to start. This is the bare minimum any recruiter is going to be, be doing in their searches. What skills am I looking for? Uh, does this person have the skills that, that I'm looking for? Uh, are these skills reflected on the resume? Are these skills reflected on the LinkedIn profile? Now, I'm, I'm definitely mostly focusing my uh, today's topic on, on res what they see on your resume and your LinkedIn profile. But don't think, folks, this does not apply to your actual conversations as well. Because some of you, what you're doing is you're talking about a whole bunch of your skills, but you're not focusing on those those these baseline skills the recruiter is looking for. Because if you're not talking about the main, main stuff that, that the recruiter is looking for, the main skills at the main skills, then you're not going to be able to effectively grab their attention and keep their attention as well. Right? Your resume is going to get a, get a recruiter's attention. Your LinkedIn profile is going to get a recruiter's attention. They're going to get you on the phone. But if you, if you want to keep their attention, you got to be talking about relevant stuff. And that definitely means the relevant skills, skills that you bring to the table. So the first thing is skill set match. Does this individual, does this candidate, does this job applicant that, that whose resume I'm reviewing right now, do they have the skills required for the role? Uh, this is going to be the case 100% of the time. Every single recruiter out there is going to first and foremost be looking for skill set fit, skill set match, uh, experience, uh, which, which is connected to, you know, of course, your, your, your actual experience and expertise. If that's not there on your resume, if that's not there on your LinkedIn profile, if that's not being reflected in your conversation, one-on-one -on -one with the recruiter, they're not going to see you as a fit, folks. They're not going to see you as a fit for the role. They're not going to feel like you have the right skills and, and all of that stuff for this position. Um, and, and that's when they're going to be like, uh, you know, either they're going to tell you up front, hey, uh, I don't feel like you're the right fit, for this, right fit for this role. I'll be in touch with you something else in the future, blah, blah, blah. Or if they're more passive, they're going to be like, you know, they're going to end things more politely. They're going to be like, oh, well, I have some other candidates to speak to. Uh, you know, I'll be in touch with you. I'll let you know. Um, you know, after, after, you know, I speak to other candidates or they're going to be like, or they're going to politely end the call by saying, well, you know, send me a copy of your updated resume and I'll keep in touch. Right. So, uh, look, that's the case, right? You have to have to reflect, uh, the key skills that you have, that you bring to the table that are a direct match for what the recruiter is looking for, uh, in an ideal candidate for this role. And this is going to be the case 100% of the time. Right now, the second thing is, and, and, and. Thing number two is the second thing that every recruiter is going to be looking for on your resume. And again, the second thing is 100% of the time they're going to be looking for. That is level of experience. Okay, level of experience. This is very important. Some of you might not like this. Uh, look, I, I see the posts on LinkedIn. Some of you put out there, right? Oh, it shouldn't matter how many years of experience a candidate has. What matters is the quality of the experience. And look, to a certain degree, I agree with you folks, right? I totally get where you're coming from. I agree. You know, quality over quantity of years. Yes, I, I totally get that. I, I, it makes sense. But the recruiters don't have time to, to, to call and figure that out for, for all 250, on average, 250 applications for every job posting that they post on, folks. Okay, it's not going to happen. No recruiter has that much of time to speak to 200 plus applicants every day uh, to figure out who has the right quality of experience. 
So what they're going to do, the easiest thing is to look at your resume, look at your LinkedIn profile and see how many years of experience you have for the specific role that they're recruiting on. Right. Because the meeting with the hiring team is going to be like, okay, Dean, we want you to, we want you to find, you know, a software developer with blah, 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 skill set. And we're looking for someone at, at a senior level so that they need to have at least seven, eight plus years of experience. Right. So go out there and find this, find, find this, these people for us. Right. So in addition to the skill set, which was point number one, we're also looking for years of experience. All right. So if, if I'm recruiting on a senior level position, you know, seven, eight plus years of experience. I mean, sorry, folks, if you're a junior level person, like if, if you have like, you know, one to two years of experience or even intermediate level experience, like, you know, you have four or five years of experience. I mean, I'm probably not going to see you as the right. I'm not probably not going to give you a call. Okay, I'm not probably not going to give you a call. Yes, maybe that might be unfair. Yes, maybe you have strong, strong experience with certain types of projects and you have great experience and great knowledge and all that stuff. But look, as a recruiter, the hiring team, like they expect me to, to find people with the specific years of experience. And that's the type of experience I got to go out there and find. Right. So uh, this is the other thing that recruiters are looking for on your resume and on your LinkedIn profile and in your conversations. Like they're, they're going to if they're looking for someone at a senior level. Or it doesn't have to be senior level. Let's say they're looking for someone at an intermediate level, right? They're looking for at least, you know, three plus three to four plus years of experience. <clears throat> and that needs to be refle reflected on your resume and your LinkedIn profile. If they're not seeing that, they're gonna see they're not gonna see you as the, as the right viable fit. Now, this is also the case, like for example, if I'm recruiting on a junior level position, okay, one to two years experience, one to three years experience, or an intermediate level uh, uh, position, which is you know generally three to four up to you know maybe six years of experience if you're an if you're a senior level person and you're trying to reach out to me about an intermediate role i'm recruiting on probably not going to consider you as well right uh like like there has to be the you have to be the person with the right level of of, of years of experience and expertise because as a recruiter like I'm, you know recruiters are, are not going to be able to to ask you those in-depth technical questions to figure out Okay, even though this person might not have the exact specific years of experience, they do have knowledge to, to excel in this role. And the recru most recruiters do not have that level of technical expertise, folks, right? That is up to the hiring team. But to make things easy, to make things simpler for the recruiter, the recruiter is going to be focusing on how many years of experience you have. So that is the other thing that needs to be reflected on your resume. Are you detailing on your resume your, your years of experience? Is that specified in your professional summary area of your resume? Is it also on, on your LinkedIn summary area, on your LinkedIn profile? Like you need to specify these things so that the recruiter, when they see your resume, when they see your LinkedIn profile, they can see, okay, they got this skill, this skill, this skill, and this skill. Great. They have that experience, but they also have the years of experience as well. Because uh, for the recruiter, if, if they're going to submit someone to the, to the hiring manager, especially if it's an external recruiter such as myself, right? Staffing agencies, recruitment agencies, external recruiters. Like if I, if I present someone who has the right skill but not the right level of experience, I mean, the client's going to be like, the hiring manager is going to be like, Dean, I mean, we told you we want someone with, uh, you know, X number of years of experience. Why are you presenting people to me that don't have that year, that level of experience, right? Then it comes back to me, right? Then, then I'm going to look like a fool and they're going to be like, okay, go out there and, and find us the right people that we asked you to find. So the years of experience, that is something also very, very important that needs to be reflected on your resume. Now, I want to stress this because some of you, what you're doing is, you're, you're kind of vague with your, your, with your years of experience in the sense of you're not listing your month and uh, when you're listing your positions on your resume as well as your LinkedIn profile, you're, maybe you're only putting the years, right? Some of you are only doing this. You're only putting the years, but you're not putting the month and year. So the recruiter can't quickly calculate 
you know, based on looking at all of your positions, like how many years of actual experience you have, right? Um, because, you know, if you put worked at company ABC from, from 20, uh, you know, 2020 to 2021, I mean, what does that mean? Does that mean January, 2020 to December, 2021, which is great, which is almost like two years or, or is it, you know, December, 2020 to January, 2021, which means two months of experience. I mean, it, it's a big question mark, right? It's not clear. So try and try and put down your month and years when you're you're writing uh, each of your positions on your resume and your LinkedIn profile, put down the month, put down the year so the recruiter can quickly evaluate, you know, how many how many months or years you were working at each specific position and they can calculate. OK, they, they, did, uh, they did three years here, uh, five years here, two years here. OK, great. So they got like, you know, they're, they're at a senior level in their uh, senior level experience. So I can confidently present this person to my client or to the hiring team. So that is that is thing that is the the second item which is extremely extremely important which needs to be reflected on your resume. Uh, we got some comments here. We got uh, uh, Abhinav who says thank you. Hey, no worries, Abhinav. I'll get to your question shortly. Uh, we got uh, Joshna. I think you have a question. I'll get to your question shortly. Uh, Sweta uh, Sweta Rajmi has a great comment here. Uh, so, so Sweta says, as a hiring manager, I look for experience, the industry they worked in, tools they have used on technical roles. And digital portfolio for certain roles. I ain't hiring for attitude. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is such a great point, Sweta. And by the way, I've, I've definitely seen Sweta. You've posted about this so often, and I always agree with what you're saying here, folks. Don't get fooled by these fluffy, you know, feel good feel good posts on LinkedIn. All right, I see these posts on LinkedIn where they talk about, oh, I don't hire for experience. I don't care about skills. I don't care about experience. All I care about is attitude and a great attitude and potential and blah blah blah. I mean, come on, folks, right? And Sweta, I'm sure you agree with me as well. Like this is just a bunch of BS that people write to get likes and, and comments and smiley faces on LinkedIn. But it's one thing if you want the likes and the smiley faces and the warm, fuzzy feelings. But reality is a totally different thing, folks. And that's what Sweta is saying here. By the way, another person you want to make sure you follow. She, she puts some great content uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, a, a ton of great content. And, 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 you know, I think Sweta used the example in the past. Look, if you're, if you're, if you're hiring a plumber or electrician, right? you're not going to care about attitude, right? I mean, of course, you know, if it's, if, it's a, if it's a plumber or electrician with a great attitude and they're pleasant, of course, that's a nice thing. But you're going to be hiring for the skills, the aptitude, the knowledge, the expertise, the ability of the plumber or the electrician or whoever it is, right? I mean, I mean potential, uh, I mean, you, how are you going to, I mean, if you're going to spend money on someone, you want to make sure they have the skills and the ability to help with your plumbing issue or your, or your, your electrical issues in your household, right? That's the reality of it, folks. Like, like you have to have the skills and, and the experience. That's what hiring managers are looking for, okay? Uh, so I totally agree with what you're saying, Swetha. Great, great comment there. And I love that analogy you use in your post as well. Uh, Mitzel says, hi, Dean. Thank you for sharing these points. No worries, Mitzel. My pleasure. Uh, and then someone says, tough to prove skills until on the job. Therefore, experience precedes skills for getting placed. Yeah, fair enough. But what I mean here, I'm, I'm assuming this is ours, is you gotta you gotta still reflect those skills on your resume, right? If if that's not being reflected, like just from from a practical standpoint, like the recruiters are not even gonna be able to find your resume, right? Because as a recruiter, part of my keywords, like how I find people on LinkedIn as well as on the resume database on the ATS, uh, part of my keyword search is always always skills, right? And, and if your skills are not being being properly reflected on your resume or your LinkedIn profile, I'm not even going to be able to find your resume or your LinkedIn profile, right? So um, while I do agree, it is definitely tough to prove your skills until you're on the job. 
regardless, it is important to make sure you reflect your skills on your resume as well as on your LinkedIn profile, right? So, so great point there. Great, great point there. Uh, Charlotte says, thank you, Dean. You provided valuable tips, appreciated detailed information. No worries, Charlotte. Thanks for the feedback. Uh, so I'm going to get into, uh, before I get into the other comments, I'm going to get into uh, uh, my other, the, the remaining two points I wanted to discuss. Uh, Swetha says, LOL, influences post, hire for attitude, give them a chance. I echo this BS. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Swetha says, I have people for attitude after working. I can measure with KPI. How do you measure attitude in an interview? Exactly. I mean, exactly. Right. I mean, same, and the same thing with the whole cultural fit thing. Like, how do you, how do you uh, measure cultural fit? How do you measure attitude, right? I mean, you can, you got to first and foremost, look at skills, ability, uh, expertise, experience. Like those are the things you can at least test for, right. At, at an interview or, or whatnot. And you know, the, the other stuff, attitude and stuff like that, of course, you know, that comes later on and then, you know, you can evaluate that later on, but look, let's be practical folks, right. Let's be practical. And then, you know, let's, let's stick to how the real world works. Right. So that being said, let me, let me finish my, my remaining two points. The, the remaining two things recruiters are looking for on your resume before I get into the remaining comments and questions, but yeah, definitely folks keep the questions and comments uh, coming through. I'll get to those shortly. Right. So, so far, what do I, what do we speak about? The four things recruiters are always looking for on your resume. The, the top two things they're hundred percent of the time going to be looking for is number one skills. Do you have the actual skills required to succeed in the role that needs to be reflected on your resume, on your LinkedIn profile, and also emphasize in your conversations as well. Second thing is level of experience. Uh, how many years of experience do you have? Is it junior level? Is it intermediate level? Is it senior level? That needs to be reflected on your resume, your LinkedIn profile, and again, in your conversations one-on-one uh, uh, -on -one as well. Now, I'm going to get to the third one. Now, the third one is not the case 100% of the time. This could depend on the requirements for the role, right? And this is types of projects that you have worked on, okay? Uh, so the scenario might be, I meet with a hiring manager. They're like, Dean, we need, to meet, we need you to find a software developer with XYZ skill sets. They need to be at a, at a senior level in their career. You know, we're looking for someone seven, eight plus years of, uh, of, uh, of expertise and experience in their field. But we also need someone who has specific type of experience with um, specific types of projects. So we need someone who has experience working with, for example, uh, cloud, cloud transformation projects. Okay, developers who have been involved in cloud transformation projects, who have been able to upgrade software from, uh, you know, on-site type of software on uh, into, you know, more cloud-based software, blah, 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 whatever. Like I'm just coming up with an example off the top of my head. So specific types of project experience, right? So this is another aspect that, you know, might be connected to your skills, but I find some people do not reflect on their resume is specific types of projects they worked on. Now, this is especially important if you're a contractor and it's also very, very important if you're like a senior, senior level person who has multiple projects under your belt, and especially if you've been working for consulting companies, right? You've been working for a consulting company and you've done projects for multiple clients <clears throat> of that consulting company. You need to reflect specific types of projects. Were they SaaS projects? Were they cloud projects? Were they digital transformation projects? Were they, um, I don't know, uh, construction industry related projects? Were they finance projects? Were they customer service projects? Blah, I, I can go on forever, right? You folks get, get my point. You need to reflect specific types of projects that you have worked on that, that, that might be required or, or of interest to the recruiter. Now, the challenge with this is when you're applying for a role, right? At the application stage, you're just looking at the job description. You haven't actually had a conversation with the recruiter or someone else. You might not be able to know what type of projects, projects that they might be looking for, right? It might, it might not be accurately reflected on the job description. 
So you got to make sure that you're listing out your, your projects or at least mentioning the types of projects that you have been a part of uh, for the positions that you've been working on or, or even at least in the, in, the, in the summary area of your resume or your LinkedIn profile because this is another aspect that's, that's really going to get the attention of recruiters, right? Because, look, as a recruiter, I've recruited on, recruited on positions. You know, excuse me, I'm just going to take a sip of water. Like I have recruited on positions. I know I use the example of software developers, but I'd say this happens a lot, especially when I'm recruiting on project management related positions where I've been recruiting on, a, on project management roles and I've come across, you know, fantastic candidates, you know, senior level experience, seasoned, you know, worked at multiple, com multiple companies, multiple types of projects, but they were missing in that specific type of project that my client was looking for, right? The hiring team. Because they're like, Dean, we need someone who has worked specifically on, you know, um, uh, Microsoft Dynamics projects. And I'm speaking to a great project manager, but they just haven't had experience working on Microsoft Dynamics related projects. So I can't consider that candidate, right? Or sometimes I'd be speaking to a, to a candidate, uh, a project manager who does have that experience, but they haven't specified that on their resume or, or their LinkedIn profile. So I just happen to get lucky speaking to this person. But I mean, I could have very easily, I could have missed them uh, as well, right? I mean, they, I, I could have really missed this individual uh, had I not spoken to them and, and find, found out that, oh, they actually do have experience with Microsoft Dyna Dynamics projects, but it wasn't reflected on their LinkedIn profile and it wasn't uh, reflected on their resume. So you got to make sure, folks, if you have specialized, in, uh, maybe not specialized, because I know if you specialize, you're probably already uh, emphasizing this on your resume or your LinkedIn profile. But if you have worked on specific types of projects, right, that were maybe more specific than, than maybe some of the other projects you worked on, you want to make sure you emphasize this and, and or at least at the very least, folks, at least mention it on your resume, because this is another third aspect that recruiters sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes they're going to be looking for a specific types of project experience that you might or might not have. This is also another important aspect recruiters are looking for. Right. So it's not just about skills, not just about, uh, you know, years of experience, but also what specific types of projects has this person worked on and um is this a is that experience a fit for what my client is looking for? The that is to say, the hiring team what they're looking for is also very 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 important. <clears throat> uh, now the other point is the other the other final thing, right? The fourth thing, the final thing that recruiters are looking for on your resume as well as your LinkedIn profile is types of industries, types of industry experience that you might might or might not have. This is another experience. Uh, this is another another aspect of your experience you want to emphasize, right? Do you have experience in the banking industry? Do you have experience in the capital markets industry? Do you have experience in the construction industry, um, uh, the accounting industry? Um, I don't know, whatever else, right? Uh, but it, you have to reflect on your resume. Do you have experience with certain types of industries, Tele telecom industry? Um, you know, I gave a couple of examples there. I don't know why my brain is going blank right now. Could be because it's close to lunchtime and I'm hungry, <laughs> right? But you folks get the idea, right? Different types of industries. Now, again, this is not the case 100% of the time. It depends on the role. But sometimes I've met with hiring teams where they're like, Dean, we need someone who has specific experience uh, in the public sector, government, federal government, or, or provincial government uh, projects, right? So that way, then, even if I meet a candidate who has the right skills, who has the right experience, who has the right types of projects, but yet they have not worked in that specific industry, then my client is going to be like, yeah, Dean, great candidate, but we need to have someone who has experience in the public sector with these types of projects in the public sector, in the federal government. Uh, I mean, I, I've experienced this many, many times. A uh, perfect example is, you know, I already mentioned the, the, the public sector, federal government, provincial government. They typically have a preference for people who have prior experience 
in the federal government or, or provincial government or basically, you know, public sector types of roles. Other example is the, is the banking industry. Like I have recruited on roles plenty of times in the banking industry where there's a clear preference for people who have prior experience working on banking industry related projects, right? And this is because of, of certain types of, uh, you know, processes, procedures, uh, you know, maybe some red tape here and there that's typical in those types of industries uh, where the incumbent, the person that they're considering for the role has prior knowledge and experience of navigating those things, right? So that's why they look for, for that prior experience in specific industries. So that's another thing you got to emphasize in your resume, folks. Like if you have experience in certain types of industries, you want to make sure you highlight these and mention these on your resume, on your LinkedIn profile, and also in your in your communication, your one-on-one your -on -one communication with recruiters, right? Because this is another aspect the recruiter is going to be looking for. Do they have specific experience in the banking industry, in the construction industry, in uh, the public sector? Like these are these are other things that the recruiter is going to be looking for, right? So that being said, like those, those that was my final thing, folks. And these are the four things recruiters are typically looking for on your resume. And again, I'm going to review them again. But again, the, the first two, 100% of the time they're going to be looking for. Uh, the final two, not all the time, but still something important you want to emphasize on your resume because Hey, you never know. You never know if they are or aren't looking for, for what they're looking for. Uh, if all you have is a job description that might, might, may or may not accurately, accurately reflect what the real requirements are for the role, right? So, hey, you know what they say, folks. Uh, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready, all right? So, again, what was the four things I talked about? So, the first thing recruiters are always, always 100% of the time they're looking for is skills, specific skills that you bring to the table that are required for the role. 100% of the time, no exceptions, folks. If, if they don't find these skills, they're probably not going to call you. They're probably not going to uh, consider uh, you for the position, probably going to pass on you. Second thing, level of seniority, level of experience, level of expertise. How many years of experience do you have? Are you a junior level candidate? Are you a senior level candidate? Are you an intermediate level candidate? If they're recruiting on a junior level role, they got to see that you're a junior level candidate. If they're recruiting on, a, on an intermediate level role, they're going to look for that level of experience. If you're a senior level candidate, they're going to be looking to see, sorry, if they're recruiting on a senior level role, they're going to be looking for senior level experience. This is the case 100% of the time. If, if, if they don't see that fit, they're probably not going to consider you. They're probably going to pass you on to the next candidate. They're going to move on to the next candidate, right? Now, third thing doesn't happen. It's not a, not a requirement all the time, but this is sometimes the case. They're going to look for specific types of projects experience that you have. Do you have experience with, uh, you know, such and such types of projects? Do you have experience with cloud-related projects, digital transformation projects, um, uh, you know, Dynamics 360, uh, you know, uh, Microsoft Dynamics 365 project? Like, you know, specific types of projects that they're looking for in, in your experience that their hiring team, that their hiring managers or their clients are looking for in an ideal candidate. They're going to be looking for that on your resume. So if you have such specific types of project experience, make sure you're reflecting that on your resume, your LinkedIn profile, as well as in your conversations as well, if relevant. The fourth thing is industry experience. Hey, we need someone who has experience working in the banking industry. We need someone with experience working in the public sector, federal government, provincial government, uh, in the construction industry, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. They're going to be looking for this. And again, this is not going to be the case 100% of the time, but some hiring teams do prefer someone who has specific experience with specific industries, uh, typically due to certain nuances and, and, and processes and procedures and, and uh, you know, red tape, yellow tape that you got to kind of navigate through that the person needs to have knowledge of in order to succeed in the project or, or whatever they want them to work on. Uh, if they were to hire the, the person for the position, right? So that was, that was the, those are the four things, folks. Four things recruiters are, are typically looking for on the resume. 
And those final two things I want to emphasize, even though it's not a, not the case 100% of the time, I still advise you folks to, to make sure you reflect these things on your resume and on your LinkedIn profile, because you never know. I mean, maybe one recruiter doesn't care, but what, what if another recruiter looking at your resume does care about that stuff, right? So it's better to just make sure you include those on your resume and your LinkedIn profile. And of course, in your conversations. So with that being said, folks, I hope everyone got value out of today's uh, topic. Feel free to start putting your questions in the comments. I'm going to start getting into the questions in the comments shortly. And I'm going to respond to all of your questions. All right. So let's see here. We got uh, wait, we got some feedback here. Uh, so uh, uh, thanks, Dean, for bring, bringing us this dose of reality. Hey, no worries. Uh, Puskas uh, says, well done. Hey, hey thanks. Uh, appreciate the feedback, Puskas. Uh, Charlotte says, superb tips. Appreciate that, Charlotte. Great to hear that you got value out of it. And Harshish, Har Harshish says, very informative tips. Glad to hear that, Harshish. Uh, I mean, I, tr I try to, I try to, um, sh you know, share practical stuff, folks. Right? I, I don't, I don't get into the whole fluffy, feel-good stuff. I try to keep it real. I try to keep it practical, pragmatic, so you folks can can take these sessions, go out there, and actually, you know, at least put yourself in a position where you're 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 getting able to get some practical results, right? So that being said, I'm going to get into your questions. So if you have any questions, you have any follow-up questions or comments, start putting them in the comments right now. And I'm going to get into them, uh, you know, um, uh, what is it, chronologically as they were uh, as they were putting. Okay, so uh, Abhinav, Abhinav uh, Mira. So shout out to Abhinav. Thanks so much for tuning in, Abhinav. Abhinav says, hey, I wanted to ask that. Do recruiters hire if we have little to no experience? Okay, so Abhinav, I'm going to talk about two categories of recruiters here, okay? We got external staffing agency recruiters such as myself. And we got corporate, you know, in-house corporate recruiters, right? So these are recruiters who work for the company that you want to apply for, that you're interested in, right? So they work in-house corporate recruiters. So first I'll talk about myself, you know, recruiters such as myself. Now, typically, Abhinav, external recruiters, staffing agency recruiters, typically we recruit at the intermediate level and up, okay? Now, I'm not saying that we don't recruit on junior entry-level positions every now and then, but if I were to, you know, draw one of those graphs, you know, it'll be like a bell curve, okay? Uh, tech recruiters typically recruit on senior, uh, intermediate to senior level, senior level roles, less frequently on junior and, and entry level roles, and less frequently on, you know, executive, executive level roles, right? The bulk of our recruitment efforts are on intermediate to senior level, right? So this is why I've been up, you might be experiencing when you're reaching out to external recruiters, third party recruiters, external recruiters, you might not find much of a response, not because they don't let not, not because they're being rude or impolite or anything. It's because most of our efforts are focused on uh, intermediate to senior senior level positions, right? So, which brings me to, sec to the second category, right? Corporate in-house recruiters. That would probably be the best use of your time, uh, Abhinav. Focus your efforts on um, corporate in-house recruiters. So, these are recruiters who work internally at the at the companies you want to work for. Uh, they might typically they're Typically, I mean, they're recruiting on, on pretty much anything and everything at their organization, uh, which might include entry level or junior level experience, right? So you want to uh, focus mo most of your networking efforts up enough with corporate recruiters, in-house recruiters, and also maybe connecting directly with hiring managers at the companies you want to work for. That is your best, best use of your time. Now, that being said, I'm not saying staffing agencies and external recruiters don't recruit on, on, on you know, junior entry level positions. They do, right? So maybe what you want to do, I'd say still submit your resume to staffing agencies on their website. They usually have, you know, uh, an option for you to upload your resume and stuff like that. Still do that. Still keep in touch. Start building the relationship, right? Because look, maybe they're not, then they can't consider you for any roles right now. But guess what? 
three, four years in the, down the line, Abhinav, you're going to have a whole bunch of more experience. You're going to be, uh, you know, you're going to be at an intermediate level and they're going to be in a better position to assist you at that point, right? So look, if they don't respond to you right now, Abhinav, don't take it personally. Don't take it personally. You know, don't feel like, oh, you know, they're, they're, they don't want to help me. or No, it's nothing like that, right? It's just that, you know, imagine the bell curve, right? The bell curve, you know, remember when we were in school, we were always taught the, showed the bell curve or graph or whatnot. The bell curve for recruiters is intermediate to senior level. That's that's where we're, we're mostly focusing our, our recruitment efforts on. So stay in touch, uh, Abhinav. Build your, you know, network of connections for external recruiters. And guess what? Three to four years down the line, when you're at an intermediate level in your career, they're going to be coming after you. They're going to be messaging you, including myself, maybe. I don't know if you're in Canada, but <laughs> including myself. I'm going to be coming after you. I'm going to be like, hey, I mean, remember me. You came to my live stream. I gave you some advice. <laughs> you look like you have like three, four years of experience right now. Maybe I can help you with some positions that I'm recruiting on right now. So uh, that, that's just the reality of enough, right? So hope that helps. Thanks for your great question. Uh, we got Joshna in the house. So shout out to Joshna. Thanks so much for tuning in. So Joshna says, hello, Dean. Currently looking for a job. In Canada, in the IT recruitment, but I'm unable to find any opportunities. Please let please let me know or guide me if you have any opportunity. Yeah, so Joshna, I'm I'm a tech recruiter, but I don't recruit on tech recruitment positions, right? So I recruit on tech positions, but I don't recruit for recruit. Like I'm not a I'm not a rec to rec recruiter, so I don't I don't recruit for IT recruiters. So uh, my advice, Joshna, like I'm not sure what your background is. Like I don't know if you haven't mentioned if you have previous experience as a recruiter. But uh, look, staffing agencies, external recruiters, I mean, that's a great, great, uh, um, you know, starting avenue for you if you want to get into recruitment or even if you have previous uh, experience. Uh, you definitely want to approach staffing agencies, recruitment agencies, and, and see if they're hiring right now for any positions. Should be pretty easy and simple for you, Joshna, to do a quick search on Google to find out who the main, you know, recruitment agencies are uh, here in the greater Toronto area or, or Canada. I'm not sure where you are. But, uh, you know, uh, start putting yourself out there, start putting yourself out there, start applying, start connecting with people at these uh, agencies that might be hiring. Um, pretty straightforward. And, you know, you shouldn't have much difficulty, especially if, if you have previous experience uh, in recruitment. All right. So hope that helps. Uh, we got uh, let's see here. More questions, more questions. Who else has a question here? Uh, uh, we got here. So Sweta says, Sweta says, firing people for attitude makes sense after measuring metrics. Hiring doesn't make sense. I have fired many. Yeah, good point. Uh, so Sweta is referring to what we were talking about, right? I mean, when, you, when you're in the recruitment part of the cycle, I mean, you, you're we're looking for skills, experience. And like I mentioned, those two optional ones is, is types of project experience you have and types of industries you worked at, right? I mean, you can't really measure attitude and aptitude and all these magical things like everyone seems to be love talking about on LinkedIn, folks. I mean, come on. Right. So uh, exactly. Uh, so I totally agree with you on that. Uh, Abhinav says doing certifications from Google, Microsoft, etc., helping getting jobs. Uh, it can, Abhinav. It can. Based on my experience, it depends on the role, right? Depends on the role, depends on the hiring manager's needs. <clears throat> Some hiring managers definitely do prefer someone who has uh, specific certifications. While as Whereas others are like, you know, and, I, and I've been told this by hiring managers, by the way, in the past where they've been told, look, Dean, I mean, people get these certifications, they, they memorize a whole bunch of stuff, but we've just seen so many candidates who can't really apply what they've learned. So if you are getting certifications, Abhinav, make sure that you communicate to them, you show to them, you demonstrate, and I don't know how you're going to do that. Maybe you can just explain it to them, or maybe you want to build your own portfolio of, of sample work. You want to show them that, hey, yes, you have this certification, but you're, you're not just some guy who memorized a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, got an A plus on the exam, and now you're suddenly, you know, uh, an expert in this in this thing. No, you actually have the practical ability 
to apply what you have learned in this certification. That is probably the most important thing, folks, not just to you, Abhinav, but everyone else out there. If you're getting certifications, folks, if, you, if you're going to put it on your resume, if you're going to mention it and talk about it, be prepared, folks. Be prepared to demonstrate that you have the ability to practically apply what you've learned in that certification. Otherwise, I mean, how, how does it matter to the hiring team? I mean, right? I mean, think about it. Oh, you got, you got a Google certification? Great. Okay, so how are you going to apply this to my organization? How are you going to apply this knowledge to our project that we've got going on right now? And how is it relevant to me? Like, you got to be able to communicate this stuff, folks, right? Like, I'm talking to all of you out there right now, right? I mean, don't just mention the fact that you got a certification. Talk about what you can do with that certification, potentially for the organization. Talk about your ability to apply what you have learned with that certification. Otherwise, I mean, who cares, right? I mean, you might as well say you have a driver's license. Okay, good, good. You got a driver's license. Like, how does that apply to the, the organization, right? It probably doesn't unless you're in, like, transportation or, uh, you know, you're, you're hiring for a delivery person or, 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 you know, whatever. It has to be relevant and it has to apply to the organization. They have to see that, okay, you got the certification and it's going to benefit them and their organization. So just make sure you remember that, right? So hope that helps Abhinav and everyone else out there. So we got a Charlotte. Charlotte says, attitude comes from your desire to work on a day-to-day -day basis. That's inborn speaking from experience. It's the examples. Oh, sorry, excuse me. It's the examples of how and when one did what. Uh, makes it count. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying, right? So Charlotte's saying, look, attitude is something. Uh, I definitely agree with what you said, Charlotte, about your desire to work on a day-to-day -day basis. Exactly. I mean, look, folks, I mean, if you don't have the attitude to, to, to you know, that positive attitude, like you want to work, you and it shows in your attitude, like you don't even want to be there. I mean, I mean, all of us have some, maybe at some point experienced that, right? But it comes from being able, comes from being able to do what you got to do and, and, you know, maybe meet or exceed the expectations. And some of us have this inbuilt in us, right? Like we have this natural positive attitude towards work. Whereas I've definitely met people and I've, I've spoken to candidates who, who, who you know, their attitude to work is like, look, I just need something to put food on the table. I don't care about the, pro, uh, you know, what they're doing or their their enthusiasm and excitement. Like they don't care. They only care about, you know, putting food on the table and paying their bills, which by the way, is definitely important. But I mean, for me, it's like, come on, like you have to be excited and have the right attitude about your, your line of work as well. Right. I mean, let's let, if we're going to spend eight hours a day doing something, folks, I mean, it might as well be something that we enjoy. We have a positive attitude about we're enthusiastic about and we want to be a part of. Right. I mean, otherwise, it's like a miserable existence. Right. So, uh, yeah, great comment there, Charlotte. Thanks much for uh, for sharing that. Uh, and Sweta says, Abhinav, uh, depends on what the hiring manager wants. Certif certif cert that. Certificates are an add-on. Experience is the key. Yeah, absolutely. Tot totally agree with you there, Sweta. Uh, so Abhinav says, hey, I'm still in university entering my fourth year. So how does that influence my chance of getting a job? Uh, yeah, so I think I kind of already answered this, Abhinav. But uh, if you're taking a certification or something, you got to show your ability to practically apply what you have. And the other thing is this goes to not just you, Abhinav, but every single new graduate out there. I've noticed this this kind of um, belief from new graduates and freshers. They're like, oh, how am I going to get a job? I don't have any experience. I don't have any work experience. I didn't do a co-op. I didn't do an internship. What am I going to do? How, how am I going to get a job? Well, if that's the case, let's say you don't have an internship. Let's say you, don't, you haven't done an internship. You haven't done a co-op. Uh, well, what you want to do then, Abhinav, is you want to leverage what you learned in school, right? Because when, when you were in university 
or, or I guess you are still in university right now. Like you did several, I mean, you've probably done a whole bunch of projects, uh, maybe group projects, individual projects where you had to apply what you were learning. And that's what you want to leverage, Abhinav, right? That's what you want to leverage at your interviews. If you're a new, if you're, uh, you know, applying for entry-level roles, you want to leverage that because that is your, that, that is proof of your ability to apply what you have learned. So that's what you want to leverage at your interviews, right? Because obviously you're entry level. You don't have professional experience. You don't. Have, you haven't worked for other companies for extended periods of time. But if it's an entry level role, that's what you want to leverage. Leverage your projects, your school projects, your academic projects, whether they were individual projects, group projects. And by the way, the group projects is, is a great, great, great example for you to show your ability to work on as part of a team. Because, yeah, maybe it's an academic project, but you were worked as part of a group, right, as part of a team. You had to deal with the team dynamics. You had to deal with different personalities on the team. Everyone had to be assigned different roles. Everyone had a specific part that they were responsible for. I mean, this is exactly the same way it is in the real world, in, in the work world, right? So you want to leverage those those experiences you had in, in uh, uh, you know, school and university, Abhinav, and, and use that at your interviews, right? I mean, it's all stuff that you can use at your interviews. So, so hope that helps. Uh, Charlotte says, well said. Hey, thanks, uh, Charlotte. Appreciate that. And uh, I think this is Ariz. Ariz says, the last tip is especially important for generalists, business analysts who span a lot of industries. You won't get tips like this from anywhere else, folks. I appreciate that, Ariz. Really, really appreciate that. But yeah, it's very, very, very important, folks. Okay, very, very important. And yeah, like I said before, definitely when I've recruited on, on, on uh, especially project management roles, as well as business analyst roles, I mean, typically the, uh, my client, the hiring manager, is, is, has always mentioned this. Dean, we need someone who has experience with such and such types of projects and in such and such types of industries. This has to be um, reflected on your resume and on your LinkedIn profile, folks. Very, very important, right? Uh, okay, so let's see here. We got uh, any other questions? <clears throat> uh, so Abhinav says, I have been applying to so many places and I'm getting unpaid internships. Yeah, so look, I, I understand your frustration, Abhinav, right? I, I mean, definitely understand that. Look, unpaid internships, I mean, I, I've seen the posts on LinkedIn, right? And, and you know, there are definitely many views on the whole unpaid internships. On the one side, we have people saying, oh, you know, companies are taking advantage of, of, of new graduates and students and not paying them. Uh, and, you know, I can definitely see, the, see how some companies might be doing that. But on the other side, as an individual, if I was a new graduate, if I was someone, you know, about to graduate or in my fourth year of, of graduation, the way I'd be looking at it is, look, Maybe for a couple of months, a month or two, a couple of weeks, I got to sacrifice my time and effort and energy and not get paid for it, working for this company in this internship. But I'd be thinking about, okay, what do I get in return, right? What do I get in return? What experiences am I going to have at this unpaid uh, internship? Uh, what am I going to learn? What what challenges will I be, will I be able, be able to be a part of? Uh, what networking opportunities will, will it afford me to be a part of this company, um, uh, you know, as part of this internship? Like you got to look at each and every aspect of enough, right? And and if it's not much of an opportunity, considering all these other avenues, all these other aspects of the internship, then yeah, maybe you might not want to go 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 you know go forth and uh, you know uh, be a part of this uh, internship. But if if the good outweighs the fact that it, that it's unpaid, I'd say hey, consider it, right? Because if you're able to learn new skills, if you're able to challenge your stuff, if you're able to get you know. I mean, one-on-one -on -one mentoring possibly from like a senior level, you know, person who's been in the industry, right? Which is great. If you're able to learn new technology, maybe work with brand new technology. If you're able to gain some, you know, at least some experience and able to put it on your resume that you did an internship at this company. 
if you're able to network with with amazing people at this company, not just your manager, maybe other people on the team, maybe, um, hey, maybe directors, maybe vice presidents, maybe C-level executives at this company. Hey, maybe you might be able to get a one-on-one, I don't know, weekly one-on-one uh, -on -one mentoring from, from the CTO. I mean, hey, is that worth an unpaid internship? I don't know. Only you know, only you know the answer to that, Albinov, right? And, and everyone else out there. You got to weigh everything, folks. Don't just look at the money. Look at what else you're getting out of the unpaid internship, right? So, so make sure you uh, you 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 uh, you keep that in mind. Uh, Abhinav says, "Thank you so much for your tips. No worries, Abhinav. Uh, uh, glad to have you here." Charlotte says, "True. Staffing agencies open a lot of doors. Absolutely, hundred percent, folks. Sometimes, you know, the, the the analogy I like to use in regards to staffing agencies is." It's like, you know, when you're when you're hanging out downtown, okay, on a Friday night or Saturday night, you got this restaurant, it's like, you know, huge lineup, you got people lining up all the way down the street, and then you got this other short, shorter line, and those are people on the guest list, right, the VIP list, the guest list. If you work with a good staffing agency, you have the right skills, you have the right qualifications, the experience and stuff like that, you know, working with a good staffing agency or, or a great external recruiter is like skipping that, that general lineup and going straight to the VIP list. Because a great staffing agency, confident in your abilities, confident in your skills, and you know all of that stuff, they'll help you skip that 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 long line of like a hundred people and get you in front of their client ASAP, right? At least ASAP, get them in front of your client, right? That that is the analogy I like to use, and and it's very important to build positive relationships with great external recruiters and great staffing agencies out there, right? So so definitely agree with you on that, Charlotte. Uh, appreciate your comment. Uh, we got my friend Umer in the house. Umer says networking is crucial. Great tips, Dean. Hey, thanks so much, Umer. I really appreciate that. By the way, if you're if you're into uh, if you're into you know anything related to front end development, front end engineering, uh, as a software developer or engineer, you want to make sure you you connect with or follow Umer. Umer puts a lot of great content. Uh, so those of you, especially who might be students, okay, uh, new graduate students, uh, if you build a good relationship with Umer, he might even do a post about you. Hey, I can't make any promises. Uh, no promises, but Umer does some great posts out there. He helps out, uh, you know, young upcoming developers, uh, new graduates and stuff like that. And he also posts a lot of great content about, uh, you know, software engineering development related stuff. So make sure you follow and connect with Umer as well, right? Great, great person to have in your network. Thanks so much for tuning in, Umer. Appreciate that. Abhinav says, haha, I love Canada. Never, <laughs> never leaving it. Awesome. Uh, Arjun says, hey, hey, Dean, uh, does websites like JobScan help for this topic as well? Okay, Arjun, great question. Now, I have not personally used JobScan, so I can't, you know, folks, I can't recommend something I myself have personally not used, so I'm not sure. So I would say I'm probably not the right person to ask about this, uh, Arjun. So if anyone else has, has had experience with uh, JobScan, like practical experience, feel free to share in the comments. I can't personally vouch for it, Arjun, because I have not personally used it. So I can't recommend something that, that I have not personally used. But what I would say, Arjun, is in addition to using JobScan, make sure you customize your resume for the jobs you're applying for, folks, okay? Uh, uh, because that is something so important. And the other thing I want to emphasize, Arjun, is maybe JobScan can help you with, with uh, the first point, which is emphasizing your skills. But I'm not sure if JobScan can really be helpful with the remaining three, all right? So, uh, you know, years of experience, uh, types of projects. Uh, in the types of industries you worked at, I'm assuming JobScan might not give you an, an, an alert and say, hey, based on this job description, you know, you should emphasize, you know, more experience with your Microsoft Dynamics projects and also your experience in the public sector. Like I'm assuming JobScan probably doesn't help you out with that, right? So for those of you, even if you are using JobScan, 
I mean, don't don't use JobScan as your your you know your final end all be all. Like, do your own customizing as well. Mention those specific types of projects, folks. Mention those specific industry related experience that you you have. Uh, emphasize your years of experience. Like you you gotta you know don't let let automation do everything for you or, or these the whatever these fancy things that they're coming out with. Like you gotta still do some some of your own customization as well. Right. All right. So Arjun, hope that helps. Uh, so other thing is, uh, Arjun, uh, says, how are you Dean? Your tips are effective in Europe as well. I really appreciate that Arjun. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for asking Arjun and hope you're doing fantastic as well. Uh, really, really appreciate that. And Charlotte says, uh, second that Abhinav, uh, appreciate that Charlotte, uh, networking is key for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, one last question. Uh, so Abhinav says, if I get experience from companies or projects that aren't in Canada, but international organization, does that really matter to recruiters? Arjun, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now, this is a point of frustration for many people, including myself, because it's so sad. Like, I I, I mean, I don't know where this advice is coming from, folks. Some of you are being advised that, hey, uh, you know, you're in Canada now. All of your work experience in, in you know, whatever other country you came from, is it doesn't count. Folks, this is BS, okay? I'm not going to say the word, but you know what BS stands for. And I'm not going to say it, right? But it's, it, it, I mean, I don't know where this excite, uh, this advice is coming from. It's terrible advice. If you come from another country and you have experience in your field from that other country, it's legit, legitimate advice. You can vouch for it. You you have maybe references who from your other country who can vouch for, for you know, your, your abilities and what you did, what you accomplished. Absolutely, you should be talking about that stuff, folks. You should be talking about that stuff. You should be mentioning it on your resume. Just recently, I spoke to a candidate. And they've positioned themselves as a junior level candidate, right? Like they, 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 at least on paper, on their resume, on their LinkedIn profile, they're like, oh, I have three years of, three years of experience with, I can't remember. I think they were like, a, I think they were a business analyst or something like that. But anyway, I was talking to them, I'm talking to them. So I'm probing, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to them, I'm, I'm investigating their background and stuff like that. And finally they opened up and they were like, oh, well, I actually have like, you know, an additional three years, three years of experience back home uh, in my country. And I was like, okay, why didn't you not mention that on your resume and your LinkedIn profile? They're like, oh, well, so, well someone advised me and said, oh, when you come to Canada, uh, your experience from back home does not count. I was like, yo, this is, I mean, this is getting, this is getting crazy now. I mean, this is getting, I mean, folks, I, I, this is so far, like, I don't know what, to, I don't I'm, I'm speechless. Okay. And I'm a guy who usually knows what to say all the time. I always have something to say and I'm speechless about this. Like this person cut out three years of professional experience from their resume. They were applying to junior level roles. I'm like, you can apply for, for intermediate level roles at a minimum because you have like, like total six years of, of professional experience in your field. And you didn't, you've been told to not include that on your resume and your LinkedIn profile. For those of you getting out this advice, stop it. I mean, we're, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm just, it's so, it's so sad and frustrating. So look, I've been up, like, I'm kind of went on a rant there, but, but look, Yes, your experience from from back in your other your you know back home wherever you're from uh, you know from a different country or an in international organization absolutely it does count as long as you can back it up as long as you can prove it as long as you can talk about it as long as you know maybe you can give some references who can vouch for it credible people can vouch for it and preferably you know people you reported to like managers supervisors you know directors vice presidents you know whatever absolutely you should talk about it you should uh, leverage that experience because it definitely certainly does count. So hope that helps, Abhinav. A great, great question there. Uh, Abhinav says, thanks. No worries, Abhinav. 
Uh, Abhinav says, obviously, practical is always better than theoretical. For sure. Absolutely, Abhinav. Uh, Charlotte says, thank you so much, Dean. No worries. Uh, no worries, Charlotte. Uh, appreciate your feedback and hope you got great, great uh, value out of today's segment. Abhinav says, I'll surely mention that in my resume. Sounds good. Uh, Harshi says, hello, Dean. This question is from recruiter perspective regarding how to handle the backouts, which is the biggest challenge for many recruiters. Having a profile backup is only the way or any suggestion to counter such a situation. Okay, so Harshish, this is a great question. So Harshish is, um, is asking, you know, from a recruitment standpoint, right? So we're not talking job search right now. So what Harshish is asking is how do you minimize the occurrences of candidates backing out, backing out in the recruitment process? Um, now, definitely, you know, as, as you mentioned, Harshish, one of the ways is to always have backup, you know, candidates that you have in, 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 in you know, in, in the pipeline. But... First of all, before I get into my advice on this, Harshish, I just want to say there's no 100, 100% surefire way of ensuring that someone is not going to back out of the recruitment process. Look, it's going to happen, right? So don't feel bad about it. It's part of the recruitment. It's part of being a recruiter, part of the recruitment process. So don't feel bad about it, right? Now, with that being said, my advice in regards to this, Harshish, is in order to minimize the occurrences of a candidate backing out from the process, you have to make sure that you, you're doing a very, very thorough job in identifying what their wants and needs are and connecting that to the career opportunity that you're presenting them with, right? This is something that I've seen some recruiters make the mistake of not doing this well enough, right? Uh, and not because they're incompetent, but because, you know, you speak to a great candidate, you get excited, right? You're like, oh my God, this, this person is perfect. They have, the, you know, they they've been talking about their skills, their experience, their knowledge, their projects they've done. They're the perfect candidate. Oh my God, you know, you're so excited to present them to the client. So you get their resume at ASAP, you present them to the client, and then later on, they kind of back out and you're like, okay, what happened? So what, what you got to do, Harshis, is you want to you want to kind of slow it down. Like, yes, maybe they have the right skills. Maybe, maybe you have the right experience. Maybe they have the right project and, and industry experience, all of that stuff. But I want, what I want you to do is slow it down just a bit and now probe a little bit deeper into their wants, their needs, and their motivations. What interests you in this role? What are you looking for in an ideal role right now, right? How would you describe your ideal career opportunity right now? Why is that? Uh, what kind of type of opportunity do, do you want to be a part of? What, what type of a company do you want to be a part of that would contribute to your career goals and aspirations, right? You want to probe and investigate harshness. You want to understand the candidate's motivations from their standpoint. So we're not just looking at, you know, what is our client one? What does the hiring team want? That's just one part of the, the, the uh, you know, one part of the formula. The other, you know, I'd say even more important part is what is the candidate's wants and needs and motivations? So your better understanding of that Harshish is going to help you make a better connection between what they want in an ideal career opportunity and what the hiring team is looking for in an ideal candidate. And you're going to be able to better make that connection. And you're going to be able to see that, uh, you know, the better you're able to make that connection, the better you're able to communicate that, con that uh, connection to the candidate. So you can be like, hey, Mr. And Mrs. Candidate, based on what you told me that you're looking for X, Y, Z, clearly my client, this hiring team, they're looking for someone uh, you know, with your, your experiences and expertise and all that. But also it seems like you'd be able to uh, achieve X, Y, Z in this opportunity at this organization with my client. So when, when the candidate's able to see that, they're more likely to stick to the process and, and see it through, right? They're going to they're gonna have a high level of interest and they're going to be able to see, okay, well, I mean, this is not just a skill set match. This opportunity might match my career goals and my aspirations. And because of that, Harshish, you're going to find that people are going to be less likely to drop out of the process, right? Because remember, as a recruiter, we're not just, I mean, this is what I've said this in the past, and maybe some might find this a little bit controversial. I don't see recruitment as, 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 as an HR function. 
right? Recruitment is, is, in my opinion, recruitment is the sales function within HR because we're, we're selling the hiring team on great candidates, but we're also selling the candidate on a great career opportunity. And guess what? We can't sell a great career opportunity if we don't know what the candidate's career goals and aspirations are. So strengthen your understanding of the career goals and aspirations of the candidate, Harshish, and you're going to find that you're going to find less people dropping out of the recruitment process. Uh, that's definitely been my experience, my experience, and that's definitely been the, the reason why I've been able to, to you know, uh, get and keep people interested in the recruitment process. Uh, but I, was, I also want, I want to emphasize, hey, in your probing, as you get to know the candidates' wants, needs, and motivations, you might find out that it's not the right opportunity for them. And if that's the case, you need to have the ethics the honesty and the goodwill to tell the candidate, hey, look, you know, based on what you're looking for in an ideal role, this might not be the right opportunity for you right now. So, you know, it's up to you if you want to proceed or not. But I would suggest we we, we hold off on this one and consider another future opportunity, right? But that depends on you, Harshish, right? Hope that helps, Harshish. That should help you in your recruitment cycle in the future. Hope that helps. Uh, Abhinav says, it's so nice to get perspective from recruiters itself. Thank you, uh, Sweta and Dean. Hey, no worries, Abhinav. Uh, Charlotte says money follows, get as much experience as you can. Absolutely. hundred percent agree with you. Uh, Charlotte, uh, Abhinav says I'm following everyone. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. And, uh, let's see, we got some, uh, questions, some more questions or comments here. So we got Arjun says, I'm not actively searching, but like to join the Wednesday sessions, Wednesday sessions. It helps. It always helps to stay updated from the, with the changing trends in job market. Your videos help to get multiple jobs across Belgium. France and Germany. Wow, that's amazing, Arjun. I'm, I'm so glad I was able to contribute to that, and I'm uh, I'm so so thankful to have you. Uh, you know, you've been you know a great support, Arjun. So really, really appreciate having you uh, join these sessions, and really appreciate your support. Thanks so much for uh, for your feedback as well. I'm glad I was able to uh, contribute in some way, Arjun. So thanks so much for uh, for that comment and feedback. Uh, Charlotte says, "True, every experience counts in today's date." Yeah, absolutely, Charlotte. Look, folks, if, if your experience is relevant you got to talk about it. You got to talk about it. You got to leverage it and you got to use it as part of your, 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 your presentation of yourself. You got to, got to make sure you do that. Uh, Charlotte says, well said Dean. Hey, uh, thanks Charlotte. Uh, Sweta says, I work with lots of newcomers and when they listen to random folks, it hurts. Back home experience matters. Absolutely. hundred percent. And you know what? A lot of the time folks, so thanks for that comment. Sweta, totally, totally agree with you. And what I find is a lot of the time, what people tell me is that it's actually from other fellow job seekers they get this advice from, right? Like, like people who maybe people who came here a long time ago when times were different and maybe, you know, discrimination was kind of more uh, in, I don't know, something like that maybe, or I don't know, like I'm finding a lot of job seekers telling me that they're getting advice from other job seekers to not talk about their, their non-Canadian experience or non-local experience. So, I mean, this needs to stop, folks. I mean, look, if you have experience, credible experience from another country, you want to talk about that experience, you want to leverage that experience, uh, especially if it's relevant, right? So uh, uh, definitely, definitely something important to talk about. Abhinav says, thank you once again. No worries, Abhinav. Uh, we got Mona in the house. Shout out to Mona. Uh, thanks so much for, for tuning in, Mona. Uh, Mona says, recruiters have told some internationally trained developers I work with that they do not have enough Canadian experience. Sometimes I feel this is a cop-out for other concerns like communication skills. Mona, I 100% agree with you. I 100% agree with you that it is most certainly a cop-out, uh, especially in the tech industry, right? Because in the tech industry, it doesn't make any sense for you to say that, uh, you know, hey, this candidate needs, needs Canadian experience. IT, technology, I mean, tech is the same worldwide, right? It doesn't make any sense. 
Uh, and I think, and you made a very accurate uh, assessment there, Mona. It's definitely why I think a lot of people talk about this whole Canadian experience thing. It's just a cop-out. They don't want to tell you that, that they're not confident about your communication skills or, or your soft skills or your personality or something like that. So instead, they talk about this whole Canadian skills thing. First and foremost, as far as I know, it's it's not legal. It is illegal for any company, any organization to demand you to have Canadian experience. Now, the exception is there might be certain industries or certain types of fields or certain, certain types of jobs that do require knowledge of, of certain Canadian or local processes, procedures, laws, regulations, and stuff like that. But outside of that, I mean, it doesn't make any sense, right? It doesn't make any sense. And the recruiters out there, if you're a recruiter out there telling people that they need international, like they, they don't have Canadian experience and, and, you know, you can't consider them because they don't have Canadian experience outside of those, you know, those specific scenarios. I mean, think about what you're doing. Okay. Think about what you're doing. It doesn't make any sense. No logic to it. Stop doing it. So thanks, Mona. Thanks for your comment there. Uh, appreciate having you here. And Harshish says, agree. Thanks for your elaborative explanation. It was a helpful tip. No worries, Ashish. All the best to you and happy recruiting to you, my friend. So it looks like that's it. Looks like that's it, folks, for the questions and the comments. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, remember to mark your calendars every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern time zone. I'm right here, folks, to help you out with job search tips, advice, and strategies. And again, if you're in an organization, you, you need assistance finding tech talent, or you're an IT professional in, in need of um, you know finding your next uh, uh, career opportunity, Make sure you connect with me and, and uh, you know, let me know a bit more about your situation to see if there's any way I can assist you. And for those of you who are job seekers and, and your great challenge right now is you're applying for jobs, you're not getting responses, uh, check out more information about my, my online digital course, Applying to Jobs Online 101, where I teach you a three-step process and how to increase responses to your job applications by up to 20%, right? So if you want more information about that course, and uh, you want to see more testimonials from others who have taken that course, check out my website, dkglobaltalent.com forward slash get responses, dkglobaltalent.com forward slash get responses, dkglobaltalent.com forward slash get responses. So folks, I appreciate everyone tuning in and uh, hey, make sure you tune in next week and make sure you follow me on all my social channels on my Linktree page, linktr.ee forward slash dktechrecruiter for all my content and I'll see you around next time folks. Have a fantastic week. Remember, don't give up, keep taking action, stay positive and I'll see you around next time. Take care folks.